I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Because the revenge is what's is what's blasting yeah. you. I had a whole career of revenge. <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome to Righty's House on Ringer FC. I hope you're all safe and well. Today, we're going to talk about the Euros, including wins for France, Sweden, and the Netherlands. Then, we're going to talk about Raheem Sterling's move to Chelsea. Wow. And my guests are Moyao Quadri and Florence Lloyd Hughes. Hello. You know why I say Florence now? Because I, if I try to say Flo Lloyd Hughes, I, I literally have to think about saying it. So I can say Florence Lloyd Hughes without saying anything. <laughs> How are you, Florence? I'm okay. I'm tired. I survived. I was telling mm. my word, I survived the Warrington Travel Lodge, so now I feel like I can do anything. <laughs> Ian, was... Ian, there were bloodstains on the carpet. No way. Yes. Someone died in my room. Oh my Someone God. died God. in my room. And what about I feel my... like if I'm to Google, like, top 10 worst hotels, <laughs> that may come up in that. <laughs> it, was, it said it was one star, but I don't even think, I think it was one barely star. half a star. I didn't know you could have. Yeah. One, it was one, bad. yeah. One one. That's, that's what insane. do you expect when you yeah. go to a one star? With all due respect, what do you expect, man? There's got all if there's right. not blood on the floor, <laughs> you kind of got to complain about it. Blow was their bed. <laughs> there was, but you know what I was saying. I actually slept really well, which is the irony. Like I actually slept better than I have. Are in you some telling us that hotels, you but... you through adversity, Flo? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Yeah, about? I must do. But I mean, how how does the travel lodge in Warrington compare to what you were living up in Paris? Living it up, sure. it doesn't. Leo in Paris. It, it sounds can't. like a film. Leo in Paris. Leo in Paris. <laughs> Paris was amazing. Honestly, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. For context: mm. I went to Car Fifty Four, which is like a World street board, basketball tournament, jump man, whatever. Mm. And it was just insane. You know, when that, you know, when culture just exists. Right. So I walk in and of course, it's, let's say the, the capacity is supposed to be 6,000. In true Parisian style, there's probably 12,000 people there. Wow. It's a scorching hot weather. Um, everyone just looks drippy. The MC has a shisha pipe. Music's blaring. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's just God, that's mad. hilarious. It just, just doesn't make sense. And it's like, 
I don't think this could ever happen in the UK where you just have the cultural hotbed of so much going on. It was like, I'm home. I'm, I'm, this is, this and is And was me. it a competition? It was so what was it? Just like Yeah, yeah. Out? So it's a competition. It's a, um, it's a competition where um, basically um, basketball and it's like a world championship. You've got teams coming from different um, parts of the world. So that the UK had a team for the first time. Luka, who is, um, you know, Slovenian, he brought a team from Slovenia because he was down representing that Zan Williamson come down. Um, so, yeah, no, that team from South Africa play. Um, who won? What, who was who the best? I think, if I remember, I think the French team might have won. Okay. I actually had to leave early on, this, on the, the last day to get a flat back. <laughs> 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 but, um, but it was such good fun. I, I, the, the, one, the bit I loved the most, though, was they had, like, little entertainment segments and they had this dance group. It was loads. It was an um, all-black French girls dance group. And my word, they were amazing. I was just watching, I was like, oh my God. And they had this little girl come, one of the sequins, doing the music. I was like, this is amazing. It was so good, honestly. It's one of the, it's one of the best trips I've ever been on. Just mm. vibes, man. Just I vibes say, and good weather. Nice. Well, it sounds good, but I got, I got, I got to get into the, um, uh, into the women's Euros. Because I went to, the, um, to Teddington the other day, done some stuff and with the Lionesses. And I kind of got to hang and link with with the lionesses, um, just by there's kind of got a nice little coffee bar right out. Yeah, what was the vibe? It's I saw your TikTok. It looked unbelievable. fun. Unbelievable. And I was just trying to, I was just trying to be there being cool and all the girls individually, some most of them came up and just, you know, I had a chat and that was just, was just talking. And I was just like, I, I, I don't know. I just felt like a, a fan who's been let behind the curtain and that speaking to them and was speaking really candidly. And, and one of the things that I can't, I cannot, get over is the absolute focus and the calmness and Leah's just like unbelievable aura of leadership. She could see like she was everything. She was just in charge, bro, without being like in your face in charge. You could see she had a kind of an aura about the way she was moving around the place. Can I what say something that right? Please do. Yeah. Do you know what's beautiful about that? Yeah. See, you know, when you see the journey of um, like, a, a player's journey mm. and how sort of that that's it's been bestowed upon her that she's walked into her destiny of yeah. being this leader this the, the 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 lion of the lionesses the the lead of the pride <laughs> it's, <laughs> honestly it's beautiful because when you look at her career and everything when she i think there was a vt that they did on the first game showing her for her moments and everything and look at where she is now yes. and look at what's potentially to come for her as well honestly she, she, I, she was born to be a captain. I'm she came you. out of the womb with a captain. When you look at, like I, I say, like I, I talk about Leah, but I'm going to obviously talk about the rest of the girls, but with Leah and the way she is and the way she's acting, you can see it. If you walked in there, you could see, yeah, she's, she's the captain. Because when you look, when she, I, I mentioned that she played for Arsenal. She plays with Katie McCabe, Kim Little, right? Two real proper captains. When she came into Arsenal, I think, yeah, Steph, Steph Houghton was there. England captain so she and then she, she was with Faye White before England captain Casey Stoney England captain you know what I mean the, the only reason why she probably didn't get her birth in England was because Steph Houghton was there playing in her position mm -hmm. but she has been literally beside England captains for a whole or, or captains for a whole career there's never going to be a problem and this is why the more I think about it I thought when you'd think deeply into it I think yes yeah, Serena you didn't need to bring that heat on yourself but at the same time Going back to what I was saying with the girl, they are so calm. 
and focus. You can see it in the eyes. Oh, it makes me so excited. Honestly, you can so see it in the eyes. So and then what's it called? And then you've got Alessia Russo. I've done a little bit with Alessia Russo. I'm just, I'm just sweet, wonderful people, bro. Just really, really was a pleasure to be there. And you could see, like I say, the intensity and the calmness of what Serena's doing there, guys, in keeping the lid on such an unbelievable result, simply because I'm meeting people now who, who saw me on it the other day, and they're talking about, oh my God, they're so good, and this and that. And people say things like, um, but aren't Norway good? Because they're obviously people who don't, don't watch it. And they said, aren't Norway good? And I said, fucking yes. This isn't no joke, just because obviously we've, we've hammered teams in the qualifiers. This isn't no joke result. This is a seminal result. This is a proper, this is a statement result. It's a historical result. Historic <laughs> result, you know, in, in, in the Euros score lines. And so I'm explaining to people how you must watch. You have to watch and see what's going on. And like I say, obviously, we hope it's not going to be the common, it's not going to be the, the summit of their achievements. But gosh, I'm... I'm so excited about it. And even watching the French last night, guys. Uh, and the way the French started that game as well, chances missed. But they have got um, a, a, a vibe and an energy and a, and a pace to them that I'm thinking, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, this team, if, because they missed some chances and you're thinking they needed to put them away. They really needed to put that team away. And then when I heard the manager um, talk about Yes, we kind of, we, 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 we started to doubt ourselves. I'm saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't give out those gems. We've got to get this team to doubt themselves. You know, that man, she, she's chaotic. She, she's always trying to, she's always doing yeah. the weirdest things. I've been refreshing my Twitter timeline this morning to try and see what's going on with uh, Marie Antoinette Cototo because yeah. she did not look in a good way. No, she no, no, injured. even in the warm-up. Even in the warm-up, yeah. she was heavily strapped. I think she ain't running, she, right? She came off, what was it, like 15, 20 minutes? Mm. I think they were 1-0 up by that point. It was not long after they scored. She went down, she hobbled off, she had an ice pack on her knee. Then at full time... She was on crutches and she could barely like yep. pop up the steps. Yep. Now Diacra said afterwards, she's fine. Oh, <laughs> she's God. absolutely fine. She did not look fine. I have been refreshing, crossing my fingers because you know if we don't want to see another yeah. big player no out of this reason, tournament. Yeah, no. This like she missed the World Cup because she wasn't picked because of Diacra's nonsense, and we we just don't want her to miss uh, another tournament like this. I just hope she's going to be okay because mm. it would be such a shame. It's so interesting you mentioned that, Flo, because a lot of the storylines that have come out this Euros have been players, you know, who missed last tournaments, had major injuries, and they're playing on the biggest tournament in their lives, and they're delivering. I can't mm. tell you how many people scored goals this tournament. It's like, that wasn't in the squad last year, but done this. Even if you look at someone like Beth Mead, that the revenge tour is still going on. It's like, listen, everyone tour. has said sorry. Why are you still doing this? They have yeah, but that's where, that's, where Beth, that's where Beth is at her best. She has to have a yeah. chip on her shoulder because yeah. she just, I remember when, um, what, what, I think it was that Northern Ireland game at Wembley and Ian posted that gif from Inside Out where that like emotion is like on fire and yes. it's like flaming. Yes. Yes. And you were like, this is Beth Mead. And that is Beth, that is literally her, yeah. it, like inside her is something mm. flaming. But, and people need to keep telling her that she's on a revenge tour because yeah. you never want that tour to end. Because as soon as she's like doing a farewell tour, then, you know, the Beth, nope. Beth Mead is over. It, it, we need it. Like how long can you keep the revenge within you? <laughs> like, 
You know the thing is, is that because the because the revenge is what's is what's blasting yeah. you. I had a whole career of revenge. There you go. So Beth can learn from the best. Honestly, a whole career of revenge, especially like '92 when I didn't go to Sweden when I won the Golden Boot. Then I had the revenge of not qualifying for the World Cup in '94. Then I had the revenge of '96 because we did, like you know Terry Venables dropped me the game before they were all leaving to go. Then I had the revenge because '98 I done my hamstring the week after, like the week leading into going to the World Cup. And Glenn Hoddle told me I'm going. My whole career was about revenge and proving. And this is what I suppose it keeps you going. But I think that since Chloe Kelly's come back, Beth, she's just kicked into kicked into healthy like, competition yes, yes. is good competition, and that's why before prior to the tournament starting, I was talking to a few people. I think I spoke to Fleur about it as well, and I said. This team, in terms of the squad, is the definition of a healthy competition to be because mm. you could pick so many different levels. I think, I think you spoke about it, right? You could pick so many different 11s and you could be mm. like, you know what? That deserves to be the 11 that starts. Yeah, but, she, competition. Serena's saying but it's she's about go putting with the same. it together. Yeah, mm. no, she said she's going to yeah. keep driven. She's going to go with the same. That's what she's done with the Netherlands, didn't she? Which is still fine because the people that are not in the squad, yeah, but the people mm. not in the squad are going to be like, no, 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 no. I, I have some words about that. I'm going to force my way into the squad or when they come on, are going to be on fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I tell you what, um, watching, watching the Netherlands, watching them come back, watching so pleased with Daniel van der Donk there, scoring that brilliant goal. But again, you know, you know when you beat a team coming in, like we beat them coming in and we really gave them a hammering at Leeds. That is the kind of thing that sets a team on the proper path because they will want to make sure that Revenge. at some stage, yeah, they, they want to play us again probably. They want to play us again and that's the thing you have to be you have to be ready for. And this is why with Serena and her calmness and not giving anything away, like Diacre, I was reading something where the, the French fans and everybody in France could not believe how animated she was on the line when they were scoring all those goals against Italy. They said, oh my God, what's wrong with her? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like she's showing a side that they've not seen before. So mm. I cannot believe in a tournament you come out and you say, you give, the, you give your op opposition that kind of insider information when they don't score, how they, with players that they've got, great players, like Cascarino, it's unbelievable the way she's oh, playing at the moment, right. the skills. I've got, I've got a fury on this year. Go on. Watching the French team, they like it when someone tries to slightly disrespect them. And the game, the, the Belgium game is a prime example because that game, that was the one shot they had in their half. Beautiful work to move. The mm. reverse pass was insane. Mm. It goes in and they go, thank you. Because everything that happened after that, I was like, oh my word. It's like, they need, you know, sometimes like everything can't be too perfect for some people or some yeah. sort of teams. They need something to sort of just tease them a little bit. So mm. I feel like she's put that information up. So people think, you know what, we're going to get it up a hand. We're going to try and give it to them. And they're going to be like, thank you. That's what we needed. We're going to give it right back to you. I just feel like they're one mm. of those teams where everything just can't be in a state where it's hunky-dory. But that's been French football 
across everything say, for years. History- yeah, History tells they us love right, chaos. that the, the, French, <laughs> the French love chaos at major tournaments. And yeah. They could they could have got probably, and this is making it jump into a lot of conclusions, but they were very close to getting to potentially a World Cup final on home soil, even with all that chaos. Yeah. We've seen them channel it in the men's game with loads of chaos and literal like revolts in the dressing room. And they could do it again this tournament. They could be one of the unhappiest teams of all time and still mm. come away with the trophy because... They thrive off it. I saw some stuff from Wendy Renard where I thought, you know something? I, 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 I put pressure on her. I see her give the ball away. I see her, I see her commit herself going too deep in, getting herself too wide out. She got turned a couple of times. And I think just watching that kind of stuff just makes you think we maybe need to put more pressure on her. Because I look at defenders and think, how am I going to fucking get the better of it? What I saw from her... If I was saying someone who's playing up against her, as I say, don't take for granted that she's going to be great. Because I saw her some of the time, she passes the ball, she passes the wrong side of her defender when she's got time. I see her, like I say, she goes in, she kind of gets sucked in, and then she got turned in and around halfway. I'm saying, yeah, those little things are enough for me to say, yeah, as much as you are great, you, you can be you can be focused on. There's just this sort of aura that she has, similar to what you said about Van Nett, there's an aura. Mm. Can you take the aura away by making her run towards her own goal? Or just having yeah. a situation that she's not fully comfortable in. Exactly. Because what happens when you're that good, right, is that players, even when they're good and they're quick, they'll get to you and then they'll stop. And then you think, why don't you take her on? Yep. Because they'll stop because the aura and everything. The aura is too much. <laughs> exactly. Mara, what you were saying as well about um, the, the narrative for this tournament around people who've missed out and comebacks. Uh, we've got to talk about Alexandra Pop, who's spent so much time out with knee injury and scored against Spain on, uh, what was it, Tuesday night. And it was so emotional. Like it was such a special moment for her and the way that her, her whole team kind of, grabbed her and got round her and they were all celebrating with her in that moment. I mean, that was special and it also just confirmed to me how well drilled the Germans are. Mm. I think it's the German and the Germans and the French that are scaring me the most this tournament. The 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 the, the favoritism I had towards Sweden has kind of diminished a little bit because I've been a bit disappointed in them so far. But Germany are just so well Drill. Well, oiled the machine. You, know you can never do. write off efficiency. You can mm. never write off efficiency. And especially when you sort of bring in the context of what's happening. This is the, we talk about, you know, tournaments coming around and we say, oh, this is, it's a big moment for someone to go to a tournament. This is the biggest tournament ever. Biggest tournament of their lives. Now, if you're a well-oiled machine and you're used to it and you, you know, you have, you know, you've been in these situations before, you're going to be okay with that. And I think mm. that's why Serena's great for, for, for England because she's seen it, she's done it before. Very calm, very confident, yeah. So, Flo, I'm, I've got the, um, the game tonight. So with Northern Ireland tonight, what, what are you doing for it? Because I know you've been doing some serious travelling. What's your moves on the Euros for this weekend? Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm going to be at Southampton mm. on Friday. We're going together. We're going, we're going together. together. Road trip, right, Father and daughter. Um, <laughs> father and daughter, <laughs> father day out. <laughs> Um, then on Saturday, I'm going to be at uh, Denmark, Spain, which I'm really looking forward to because mm. that is a straight shootout for yes. who's going who's gonna, to um, who's gonna get through from Group B. And then Sunday, I've got to go back to Lee. Uh, I think I'm doing uh, Sweden, Portugal. And then Monday, I'm going to Manchester for Italy, Belgium, 
which is a bit of a shootout as well for Group for Group D. So yeah, a lot of big games coming up. Just quickly though, who do you fancy? I looked at France yesterday and I felt like, yes, I know I fancy France. I like Germany, obviously England as well. But like, I, I don't want to get overexcited about England. But the fact is, I do fancy us. But who are you feeling? Who are you feeling? I called it from before the tournament. I said, I'm going with England, not because of, you know, passion and everything. I said, just in terms of the squad, mm. the sort of var- the different sort of weapons you can utilise and the fact that that squad, as you build for a tournament, can get better and better. Mm. And if it clicks like the Norway game showed, mm. it could be dangerous. That was, that was why I went for England early on. I just feel like when you've got a player like Hemp, who's, she's not even, she's she not even kicked, get, she's she, never started she kicked yet. In yet. She ain't kicked in yet. Oh, it's just, and she's still doing stuff. You know, that, France yeah. though, France with... Um, for me, like watching Cascarino, Diani, you know what I mean? I know that Katoto's out and that, but like... That could be massive. Even, though, the, even the left back, Perisette, she looks <laughs> awesome. They've got a team, like I say, that they, they're the ones that I've watched and I thought, yeah, you know what I mean? And Gayoro, you know what I mean? Gayoro's scoring goals. So they seem to be the ones that I feel that if we're going to win this tournament, some stage we're going to have to beat them. And that game is a game that I would love to see. You know what? The Netherlands, I like the way that they're silently going, going about their business. You know, after the, after the beating they took from us in, at Leeds. But I'm very excited about it at the minute. Very excited. Are you going full flow? Well... It's coming home. <laughs> obviously, I'm going to go with England. But in reality, they've got to get through Germany in the semi-final mm-hmm. and then France in, in the final to win the thing. So yeah. if they do they will truly prove to, yeah. that they are hands down the best because those yeah. are the other two best teams in this, in this tournament, in my, in my opinion. So it's going to be a hell of a ride. With, with that, before we wrap on this, is I would want us to be going that route and beating those totally. teams. Totally. So that you get to the final and you beat those teams and bam, in your own country. And you know what? We're capable of doing that. So, Mayowa, man. Raheem Sterling to Chelsea, bro. Oh, Can man. I just say something just quickly? It's really strange when you see Raheem Sterling in the Chelsea shirt. This is not my favourite Chelsea shirt. <laughs> Seeing him in the Chelsea blue, not the light blue, was it kind of your eyes have to kind of like focus. It was really strange. What was it like for you to see? He, said, he said it himself when he said, a bit darker this one. <laughs> when he was doing it. But honestly, I can't tell you how many times I'll just be sitting down and I'll go, Raheem. Like this is, this is for me. The dream. Like, for, like, for the culture, this is like when Beckham signed for Madrid. It's right. that sort of move. It's like, oh my God, he's coming to London. Like, he's coming mm, to Chelsea. Like, it's just, it's just insane. And I've been trying to explain to people, like, he's 27 years old. Last five seasons, consecutively double figures in the mm. Premier League. Mm. Two of those seasons, he's been sporadically played. If you look at, you know, the Euros, that was him going back to old school Raheem. It's his third top six club. I don't understand how people try to belittle the, the, the level of this player. He's 27. He's 27. I've never, I don't remember a time where Raheem had a bad injury. He's durable. This is a massive signing. I'm trying to think of another player that's had three elite clubs like that at, by the time they're 27. 27? It'll be hard to find. I can't remember too many people who've done that. It's an amazing achievement up to this point. I, I just hope that it all works out because 
I'm still thinking Chelsea need to make some more signings. I think they'll get it done, though. I think they'll get you it think? done. They seem to be pretty ambitious. Every day I see them linked to a new player. They're going to be getting, what, at least two new centre-backs? Mm. Like it's, I think they're going to get it done. I, they're probably... What are they going to do about centre-forward, though, Maya? Like yes. where Because if they're going to play Sterling out wide... Who is going to be is someone going? In the middle? What's happening Who's with Pulisic? What's happening? So, has yeah, like, gone. Yeah, I think what will happen is ultimately, I think Tuchel would have looked at Havertz's last two seasons at Bayer mm. and looked at the latter part of the seasons and said, "You really thrived in this position. How can we make this work for you?" Because ultimately, last season you came and you had a good run, but ultimately it was like. It was either Timo, then it was either Lukaku, it was either you. Mm. I think he's going to be given the helm and he's going to be allowed to make that centre-forward position his own or that central position his own. And then when you've got someone like Raheem that can float and move about, it's just perfect. It means that Havertz may not have to float as much because when he was at Bayern, I think he was getting into double-digits goals. He was scoring the headers, he was picking up pockets, he was facilitating for the rest of the team as well. But they worked for him as opposed to sort of just plunked him in there. And I think that mm. could potentially be a way forward. If Brozier doesn't so go... So he, he can play in front of Mount? Yeah, yeah. So I think you'd probably have him there. You'd have Sterling on one side and then you'd to let mm. you have... Sterling automatically walk I, I, I would have I would have Havertz down the centre. I just... If, as long as Raheem has got those people that he can... That they, he could play off and get that ball in that area where he comes in, where he comes in off the back post. and you, They obviously need to make sure that the link can happen because remember, Raheem scored a lot of his goals coming in and bam, one touch finishing. And that's mm -hmm. what City do. City create those chances where the ball's coming across. Ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. Chelsea are more than capable of doing that. Chelsea are more than capable if of doing that. If we can so, yeah. keep Rhys James and Ben Chilwell fit. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, for someone like backs, Sterling, yeah. that is a mm. dream come true. You're telling me these guys are going to hug the touchdown and just flood passes in. I'll be at the back post waiting all time. If we can keep yeah. them fit or have backup, because that was, that was what derailed the season last season. As soon as Reese James wasn't fit, everything fell down. Chilwell wasn't there. Alonso, you know, God bless him, but he hasn't got the legs to do what needs to be done. If, and the great thing is, everyone knows that Chelsea are sort of sporadic, but with Spurs' sort of resurgence and what they're trying to do under Conte, Chelsea have an opportunity where they can kind of go under the radar a little bit. Yeah, you've got new owners and everything, mm. but yeah, City, you've got Haaland, you've got to win the league again. Liverpool, can you challenge? Man, Man United, ah, oh, Ten Hag. Chelsea can kind of sleep under the radar because like, oh, look, Conte's building a super team over there. Don't worry you about The thing is as well, you look at Chelsea because like when Lukaku came, there was a lot of us, a lot of pundits that, mm. that, that, that said Chelsea. Now, for, it didn't work. And I'm, I'm very disappointed it didn't work out for Romelu because mm. he came with a lot of talk about what he, was, what he wanted to do. do and what he wanted to do. And, you know, whether the manager picked or not, you know, then the interview. But the fact is, I believe that Raheem Sterling's signing is a proper a, a, a signing of a player. He's 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 a he's already a legend in the league. He's already got his hundred goals. He's already like captaining. He's done everything, and he's coming to a place where let's face it, the elephant in the room with everything what happened with him at Chelsea. You know what I mean? He's kind of put all that to bed, coming there, saying that he wants to play for them and do well for them. This is a great signing for Chelsea in more ways than just a good player coming to them. This is a, a massive move, a massive move from the, um, from the owners in what they want to do and what they want to try and do with the, the way people see the club. I think that Chelsea and this owner, they're making some proper moves behind the scenes and on the pitch. 
I think it's very exciting for Chelsea at the minute. I think that's an a, a magnificent signing. It's it's beautiful. I mean, I wrote I wrote a piece on on it, and since then I've been talking to people. A lot of people say that are saying stuff like, for "The first time ever, I would run to buy a Chelsea jersey because I'm slapping Sterling on the back." Mm. Like if if you if you really take in what that means, that is insane. And even like the whole situation, um, I've had conversations with people, and and it, it it sometimes it's a hard thing to grasp for a lot of people, but. It, within the UK, anywhere in the world, if your decisions were solely based on, we, we can't afford our decisions to be solely based on whether we, something that happened or not. We don't have that luxury. Mm. And the, the beautiful thing about Raheem is he has done so much off the field to influence. I always say it, like, if you look at the England camp, he's got one of, I think he has the most caps in that England camp, but he is big bro. Now he's going to Chelsea where you've got people like Reese James, Mason Mount, all of these guys that look up to him is like, big bro is here. He has the opportunity for the first time in his career to be the main man. It's, it's a beautiful journey for him. And, I, and I, I, I was confident about Rom and obviously it didn't work out. And I hope it works out for him at Inter because mm. ultimately sometimes when you go where you're appreciated and everything or where you feel like you're at home, you can perform. But I have no doubt that Raheem's going to be a success at Chelsea. I am so sure of it. I am so, so, so sure of it. He's back home. Like, even that Fingers alone crossed, man. does something. It's Fingers crossed, because even with, with Rom, I felt the same. I felt, my God, when they just dropped this guy into this Chelsea side with the way that they were going on, I was thinking, wow, this is it. In that Arsenal game. Mm-hmm. In that Arsenal oh, game. Oh, my God. They looked so good. They looked and so then good. But just, at the time, the Arsenal, peak, were, Arsenal were poor for me in that game. They were yeah. letting that pass go into him, and he was just bullying us. But I, I just hope for Raheem's sake, that they can, Chelsea can get the players they want so as he can, because talking about somebody who's come from City with every single person in that side is performing for the, performing because they know what it means to have to perform, not only for that manager, but just stay in that team. And you just want the same thing to be in the Chelsea side in the way that they ha- they're playing for their places. They're playing to try and win stuff. They're playing to strive. Because that's all City done, strive. No matter how much they're beating teams and how, how well they're playing, the grind don't stop. That's what Chelsea need because that's what Raheem Sterling's been used to for the last, like, what, five, six years. So that's what I'm hoping they can do, they can replicate because we've seen Raheem, yeah, he's missed chances and he's done stuff. You're hoping that at Chelsea, when that happens, because he's probably going to miss chances and that, he's going to get the same leeway that he's got at City because you know that some, another chance is coming at some stage and then he'll take it. So. You're just hoping that it's a different kind of pressure that he's going to be under at Chelsea where they're going to know we've got a G here. Let's just give him time to settle here and we're going to get, we're going to get everything what we need from him. Mayo, I've got, got to ask you, because Sterling come in there, what happens with Pulisic? What happens with Callum Hudson-Odoi with everything what we were expecting from, from Callum and we thought that Tuchel loved him and it was going to happen. Um, Christian Pulisic, to be fair, um, in flashes, we've seen stuff. What's going to happen with those two players, bro? You know what? I don't know. It's a weird one. They've got to go. They've got. Who's I think got, they've got uh, to go. Uh, I think Pulisic definitely. At least with Hudson Odoi, you've got versatility, so he he can fill in at win win back if you need. It's but... hard to lose Pulisic when you now have American owners and there's American World Cup coming up. Yeah, but <laughs> see, that's keeping it him for the wrong reasons. It can't be all about the brand. It can't be all about the brand. I know, I know, but as we know, it's such a it's such a massive part. He's also he's like he's so injury prone. 
He's inconsistent. With Hudson Odoi, like, obviously in recent weeks it came out that he struggled last year with a lot. Like there was something like a neurological um, thing yes, where could, it was no affecting power. his muscle mass and, yeah. and no power. So I feel like because of how Tuchel sees him and has utilised him, he has a potential another lease of life where it's like, okay, let's get you where you need to be and, and then move again. forward. It reminds me a little bit of, you know how Lauren James came to Chelsea mm. and it was sort of, Emma was like, we need to get her to the right place and then mm. she'll be involved. It's, but it's weird for Cho because so much was discussed and he was put on his pedestal. But mm. he's still a young player. He hasn't had that sort of XP that he needs to take him where he needs to be. So I feel with someone like that, you can do that. He's one of your own. With Pulisic, it's a bit harder because you signed him for big money. You took mm. him away from a, a, a talent factory. You can't then put him in a position where he's like, okay, second fiddle. He's going to mm. either want to play or go. And I don't think he's going to want to do the loan business or anything. So I think if anyone, he would potentially be the one to move despite the whole American tie and everything. And I think for me personally, I would rather keep Hudson a day just because, you know, it might be academy bias I just, and the versatility. But I feel as a young player, he still has so much foundation building to do. Mm. There's so much that can come from him. The talent, the talent has always been there. It's just about getting him to a place where can your talent be world-class talent or can it even mm. be a talent that delivers and adds value? We, we don't know yet because of these injuries and, of course, the issue last season that we know about now. So um, I, I think yeah, that's what's going to happen. Mera, do you think, um, do you think a few years ago when he had all the, the rumours of offers to like Bayern Munich mm. and, and elsewhere, do you think he should have taken that? Because I, I keep, thinking, of, I keep thinking about that and thinking there's an alternate universe where he is, you know, thriving mm. in the Bundesliga and a really big part of the England senior squad. He should and I, definitely gone. Yeah, and I, I fear he's going to be in that like second chunk of life, you know? The reason I say it is because I've always been a fun believer of new environments challenging yourself. We've yeah. seen it with Tammy. We've yeah. seen it with Fakayo. We yeah. saw it with Ola Eina to a certain extent. I feel like a lot of the times British players don't typically make that move. And because of the sort of player or baller that we develop on these shores, it's a very different asset to what's on mainland Europe. So when you go over there, mm. there's mm. not many players like you and you are praised and worshipped and you're pushed forward. Like, and that's why I thought if he had done that, even if it was for two, three seasons and you learn about, you know, a different style of football and everything, you become a better player because you're building so many experiences and you're moving forward. The situation at Chelsea happened, of course, you know, the whole, you know, England want to play him, what are you going to do? It happened. But I feel like that move would have been perfect for him. Mm. Perfect Mate, move. Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, the fact that um, he was in the team, then it all came about. Then obviously the new contract and he's in the first team. So you're mm. where you want to be. So then now it comes down to, right, now just focusing on, you know, what can I do to be, to be better in the team? What can I work on on my game to make sure I stay in the team? The, the, the main goal, this is why sometimes I think, yes, Jaden Sancho went and people have gone and it might have been great for Callum Hudson-Odoi to go and do that stuff. But the main thing that they're trying to do is get back to the first team. Now, I, I totally hear what you're saying with the experiences of being away and knowing about yourself and learning about yourself and playing. But at the same time, you are now in that first team and it's up mm. to you. It's up to you to now do everything you can what's going to keep you in there. Now, once you're in the first team, do you, this is what I'm confused with. Is, is people still say, yeah, but if he went away somewhere, he could have got the experience. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you're there now. Are you mm -hmm. the, is, is, it because, is he 
So what we're saying is they're too early. To, so you can still learn about it while you're in the first team and in and around it. This is what I'm, I'm confused with. But for me, with maybe him... Maybe because Chelsea's a difficult environment to maybe, learn on the yeah, job. Maybe, because you look at all the players that leave Chelsea, like you look at them, like look at Tamori, you look at Tammy, you look at people that leave and Salah, De Bruyne. People leave Chelsea and thrive. I get that. But once you get yourself into a position where you're in the first team, then I think it's down to you to do everything you can to focus on yourself to stay in there because you're there. You know, people go away to come back. And is it just for the experience or is it for the fact that at some stage I want to be in the first team? Well, I, that's the thing what confuses me is that once you're in the first team, do you still need to have that vibe where people are talking about, yeah, but he maybe should have left and got the experience when you're already there? I don't know. It is true. It is true. And I guess... When you look at his career, he has been very unfortunate. Very I mean, unfortunate you know, you yeah. get into it, yeah. then you get injuries or the, whether we like it or not, this whole sort of expectation of that one day Hazard would go and you look like the person to carry that mantle. I know it's not like most other clubs where mm. it's such a big thing, but it is a massive thing because you've seen this player, you know, the whole time you're in academy and people are like, listen, one day you're going to take his shirt. And then Pulisic takes the shirt yes. <laughs> because Pulisic has this yes. amazing purple form. He's had a few moments where it has been very unfortunate. And what you do hope is, you know, maybe with someone like a Raheem around him now, yeah. an arm around the shoulder, that is almost like the perfect person you want around you to sort of be like, listen, let's yeah. get this. Let's understand yeah. it. So, um, and he's in an interesting place internationally as well, right? There's conversations about whether he wants to go to the World Cup with Ghana, etc. So this season is a pivotal one for him about what he wants to do. Can he get into that Chelsea squad? add value and really almost kickstart his career in the direction he wants it to go. Mm, that's the thing. That's the thing. I, I hope he can, because like you say, and, uh, and, and, you know, with Raheem going there, I think that's going to be a massive, massive thing for him. A massive, massive boost for him. I hope it's a massive boost for him because, you know, from watching him in the World Cup, the under-17s World Cup, and watching how he, how he just flew. There's something in, there is, there's, that that's still there. Absolutely that is still flow. inside of him. But he's he world, he's world right, class. The right situation to unlock it. That's what the it right is. The right environment. Because we've seen him on the world stage at that age. And people say, yeah, but you can't judge. Yes, you can judge. Because for that age group and for what he was doing, you know what I mean? He was putting in world class performances in that, world, in that tournament. And I think that, but for the injuries, he probably continues doing that. Depending though, on how hard he wants to work on himself and making himself continue to improve so as you can so you can gain that consistency of how you play and knowing that in every game you go into like like Raheem every game he plays now sometimes you might seem a bit quiet but every game he plays he has an effect somewhere along the line when it's not happening for him you see Raheem he'll come somewhere else to get involved in the game and get himself going bam you build yourself into the game those are the things that hopefully he can learn from Raheem because he is a major major talent that you know what I mean for me can't be wasted whether he plays for England whether he plays for Ghana that man should be on an international stage I hope he has a good season of health yeah. and I hope he enjoys football man you, we all see it like when players are enjoying their football it's a different different thing and I hope he can get to a place where he's like that and just enjoying it on thriving because nice. he's a sound guy proper proper sound guy I spoke to him before the beginning of last season he was talking about adapting his game and learning and how he had aspirations of, you know, adding value to the team. Hopefully this year he can do it. Well, you know what? On that note, you know, we hope he can do that as well. What you want is them man to reach their potential. So fingers crossed that Raheem will help him to do that. But guys, thanks for coming to the yard. 
I'll see you soon. Well, Flo, I'll see you later. Yeah, see you in Southampton. See you in Southampton. And Mayo, I'll see you soon. See you soon, man. Definitely. You know I mean? Definitely. You know what? It's like, just quickly, I just seen Tottenham and Chelsea making signings. Makes a man just like vex deep down. Yeah, but hey, you got you got you got you got signings. Zinchenko's coming. coming. Zinchenko's coming. Oh my god, if Zinchenko, the Zinks. You signed you signed the Lord Savior already. Yes. Like, you know, it's, it's going in the right direction. It's going That's in the right direction. Nice one, man. Okay, I'll speak to you guys soon. I love you, man. Love you love too, ya. man. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, thank you very much, Mayowa. Thank you very much, Flo. Um, we'll see you soon. Um, I'm looking forward to the game tonight, Northern Ireland. Should be a good game. And we will speak again next week. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.